Hello, everybody, and welcome. You are listening to the Power Hour here at CJLO, 1690 AM in Montreal. My name is William Power. I'm with Dominic Demeester. Thank you very much for those tuning in to our show this week. A bit of a quieter week in the NFL over the last seven days, but that doesn't stop us from talking about football. There ain't no offseason here on the NFL Power Hour. Dominic, how has uh, your week been? How have you enjoying your little bit of uh, vacation? Oh, so far so good. We've been getting some amazing weather and yeah. capitalizing on that beautiful sunshine outside. But boy, is things getting started quickly in the NFL or what? Loving what I'm hearing out in Miami, your team, the Miami Dolphins, that potentially Dalvin Cook could end up in Miami. I'm going to give you the opportunity, William. What do you think Dalvin Cook in Miami would give the Miami Dolphins? Well, thank you for opening up the floor to me. Obviously, huge Dolphins fan. And I think this would be great for Miami. For as long as I've been a fan, I'd say I started watching the Dolphins religiously. I mean, uh, maybe 2005. I started watching them. So let's say I've been a fan since I was around eight years old. Right now, I'm a lot older than eight years old. I'm uh, almost turning 26. So the Dolphins have lacked a few things since I've been a fan. Like, they, they have had Ricky Williams and, like, Ronnie Ron. But they... Really, since I've started watching football, um, or maybe a little bit sorry, when I started getting into it a little bit more, they have been missing that running back, that solid running back that, you know, defenses know they're going to run the football, and he's a guy that's still going to be able to break tackles and still get the first down. I mean, they think about the guys they went through. They went through Lamar Miller. They went through Noshan Marino. Uh, you know, right now they have um, Raheem Mostert, who's, yes, he's, he's good as well. I mean, Miles Gaskin didn't really work out, but I mean, Mostert is, I'd say, more at the end of his career, and he's solid. The question is, can he stay healthy? Uh, what can he bring to the table? Miami had Reggie Bush. You know, they had all these guys that, like, had, you know, primed to break out eventually and unfortunately it just didn't work out with the Dolphins um so I think this would be good I think for several reasons one of them is like I just said Miami needs to finally try and find that back and look is 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 Dalvin Cook the answer uh, I think he'd be a heck of a, a heck of a replacement for sure uh because look he definitely has uh, experience in the league, obviously uh 27 years old but you think about it he's from Miami Florida um Played his uh, his college ball at uh, at Florida State, so he's you know he's familiar with Florida um, and. Miami right now, if you look at their roster from top to bottom on the offensive side of the football, they have great receivers. You know, two at the quarterback position. When he's healthy, he's showing he can put up points. Offensive line has always been a bit of an issue, and you know maybe tight end they could after losing Kasiki is an area they could uh, improve on, but. They're going to have to be able to run the football. And too many times over the last few seasons, was it third and one and defenses knew Miami was running and they just wouldn't be able to get a yard, Dominic. Not even talking about three or four three or four yards here, just one yard. And they haven't been able to fo- move the football. They haven't had that electric player. And I think Cook can be that guy for them. He's a guy that can catch a ball to the backfield. He's a guy that can block. Uh, he's a guy that, uh, you know, you can argue hasn't even hit the point of his career at 27 years old. Um, and I think the thing with Cook, is of course we talk about his injury concerns and uh, you know that is the case with a lot of running backs in the NFL but we have seen this guy play and when he played and when he's healthy he's one of the more dynamic running backs in uh, in all of football right and we talk about the Vikings and Justin Jefferson Adam Thielen when he was there and Kirk Cousins and a lot of people are like you know we got to give a little bit more credit to to Dalvin Cook and, and I think I'd agree with that because he has a lot in his toolbox he has a lot in his arsenal and I think that Miami could even if he doesn't produce in his first year just getting a guy like Dalvin Cook is going to get defenses to respect your running game a little bit more it's going to give Raheem Mostert a little bit of a break and it'll allow coach McDaniel to kind of uh, maybe implement and add a few new tricks in the offense to make this uh, offense even more difficult to stop right now they have the weapons on offense at the wide receiver position and I think Dalvin Cook can really only get this team uh, to uh, to a better spot I think they can only get better from this so as a Dolphins fan I have my fingers crossed that uh, Cook will be wearing a an aqua jersey coming at the start of 2023. Yeah, that'd be pretty, pretty interesting if Cook ended up in Miami. This is all coaching. And Mike McDaniel, first of all, you drafted Devon Acne as your first pick of this year's draft. So if you're going to get on top of that, another dynamic running back, this guy's got to try to put 40 points every single week on the board. This guy's aiming for the big home run. And I think if he's going to do that, he's going to probably build it all around his running game. But usually when you run the ball, 
you know, it, it ticks quite quickly. I think we're going to see Tua going deep quite often this year. I mean, with Tyreek Hill, why wouldn't you? But mm-hmm. this is going to be such an explosive offense. I just don't know if it's going to get too complex. That's my only worry is adding too many guys like that in the running back front. You know, there's too many different types of play calling. Mm-hmm. I just don't know. It might be too much. Otherwise, why would you have drafted Devon Acne so quick? I don't know. You tell me, William. What are your yeah. thoughts on having so many darn weapons at the running back position? Yeah, you know, it's kind of like uh, similar to like the not quarterback there. Well, I guess you could say quarterback. When you have too many quarterbacks, you know, you don't really have that one quarterback because you want to make sure you have that guy to trust. I think with the running back position, it's a little bit different. And especially with Miami because they don't have that solidified one running back. They don't have a Christian McCaffrey. They don't have a Saquon Barkley. They don't have like a guy that is clearly, clearly the number one. Like, yes, it was Raheem Moster, but we also got production of Jeff Wilson. uh, And, uh, you know, those different guys. Salvin Ahmed had a a good season as well for Miami when he was – when he was playing uh, playing um, in, in replacement for Moster. So I'm not too, too worried about that. I, I do think it gives Miami a more dynamic offense. And like I said, I think it may take pressure off of Tua because it was just, I love throwing the football. And I think it's 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 been a league where guys uh, at offenses have thrown the football more than ever before. And I think in order to be successful, you have to do that. So uh, I'm okay with Miami throwing the ball as much as they did. But I think, you know, to answer your question, that bringing in a guy like Delvin Cook, yeah, okay, there may be a lot of kind of mouths to feed at the running back position. But I think what, what it'll do is it It'll solidify Cook as a number one. He'll be 1A, and you could have Mostrin at 1B, um, and uh, and then from there, you could move on. Because I think that Cook, uh, in his course of his NFL career, you know, is putting up his stats here. Um, he's shown that he, he is the number one running back. Eight touchdowns last year, six the year before, 16 in 2020, 13 in 2019, uh, and always averaging about 4.5 uh, to 5 yards a carry, which is pretty impressive. Um, so, you know, I don't think Miami would be worried about that. I think that he would be able to fit Miami and Miami would be able to work around him if it was a wide receiver I feel like it'd be a little bit different but uh, considering Miami has been searching for that that solid running back for as long as they have Dom uh, I'm okay with them maybe being a little bit a little bit of complications in the running back room uh to, to answer your question yeah yeah I don't like it for whatever reason it's just just too many of them I would probably cut Jeff Wilson it's just yeah. too many guys that are there that are just going to be floaters depth is great but they have way too much depth and it does give it takes away from the confidence of some players sometimes knowing that there's such a long lineup to beat x amount of players sometimes they get gassed and they lost only one or two games right off the bat in the season because they've been trying to be number one and next thing you know number two comes in so we'll see how it plays out but uh, definitely very weird offense coming out of miami very interested to see how they match up against the new york jets who I do believe will win this division when it's all said and done. Wow. Aaron Rodgers coming in is going to be just the quarterback to guide a team that's just built on defense. All he needs to do is to ride the ship home, give or take 24 points a game. That defense will make him win many games if he can average roughly 24 points a game. That's how good I think that defense is. And that's not asking a lot for Aaron Rodgers. So a lot of W's coming the Jets way. Be interested to see how Miami's offense can compete with the Jets defense. That's a good. Okay, so obviously a lot of high-powered offenses in this division. You got Miami, you got the Bills. The Jets now seem to be uh, more of a, a high-powered offense uh, with Aaron Rodgers. The Patriots, I don't know, like it's it, a lot of Patriots fans are hoping they make the push for um, DeAndre Hopkins there to give uh, Mac Jones another bit of a weapon. So if I'm asking you right now, Dom, you have the Jets winning the division. Can you give me who finishes second, third, and fourth? And also, how many teams from the AFC East would you say make the playoffs if you had to guess right now? This is a very difficult question to answer. It is. It is. I really <laughs> think that well, there, there are three wild cards in the division, and there's one sure shot. My sure shot is the Jets. They will be in the playoffs, maybe not even win the division, but the Jets are going to be in the playoffs. And one of those other three teams could be a wild card, could win the division, could finish dead last. I think it is really up for grabs in the AFC East. I just think the Jets defense has that talent and that will bring them victories in that division. Wow. Okay. So what I'd ask you, I guess, to kind of uh, 
continue on this because I think that's a, that's a bold take there. For me, I still got the Bills finishing at one, and I think I even have the Dolphins finishing at two, and then I have the Jets at three, the Pats at four. Um, why are you more confident in the Jets? Or maybe maybe you're not. Maybe I'm kind of putting words into your mouth, but you seem to be on the Jets. Do you think that – I know you talked about Buffalo and it maybe passed uh, and they kind of lost their shot. Uh, would you say that you're more confident in the Jets than the Bills, or do you think that's a little bit of a, of a bold statement? It's just that the Bills, unfortunately, I think they are transitioning into a new identity, trying to scale back Josh Allen's, you know, ability to run the football. And I think that that at the end of the day is going to take time. There's going to be an adjustment. There's going to be some losses there as a result. And I think they might underperform this year. If they ever got their hands on DeAndre Hopkins, completely different story. Yeah. Bills could easily win that division. That's how much of a game changer Hopkins is. However, that being said, they don't have them right now. Until they do, I'll be singing their song much differently. But for now, I'd say the Bills are going to be fighting for a playoff spot. But for the division, give me the Jets full circle. Hey, I like it. Well, I don't like it because I'm a Dolphins fan, but I like to take their dominance bold. And uh, yeah, that uh, Aaron Rodgers um, signing for the Jets is definitely have a high praise for Jets fans and a lot, a lot of reason to be hopeful for them. Patriots, what so... It's been weird since I started watching football to see the Patriots struggle. Now, I mean, the Patriots were like Belichick, Brady, and all this, and they've always been good. And yeah, okay, even when Brady left, obviously it was huge, you know, um, and uh, losing a superstar like him. But you kind of like, at least I figured they'd be able to figure uh, stuff out and, you know, not necessarily win the division, but make the playoffs and make some noise. Right now, I feel like this Patriots team uh, we've talked about on the show before is is they're lacking an identity, um, and I'm just not sure I see where this team is headed. Like I find them one of the more intriguing teams um, coming into the season, just because you know if you look at the division they're in, they're in a very tough division. Obviously, that doesn't help. You got six games for them that are going to be uh, you know six tough games that to where they played their AFC East opponents. Um, but you know what is it going to take for the Patriots to kind of climb over the hump and I could see win the division or more more or less make the playoffs actually uh, i think that you know obviously he starts with the quarterback you know mac jones he's got to be able to step it up um and i don't even sure he's going to be able to finish the season but that's why like i talked about if i'm the patriots for me i'm going full force for deandre hopkins i know they got juju smith schuster um and you know they have a, a bunch of these solid guys i just think they need a guy to be able to go go to on third down uh, and even if he's double teamed you mac jones going to go there and trust him to make a play because right now i feel like that's what they're missing they're missing that like top dog and alpha dog to put the team on their back and say okay boys you know come I'll, I'll be the captain of this ship you jump on let me take you there uh but yeah what, what do you think it would take for new england to to make the playoffs with the division do you think they would have to get a guy like diop they have a good enough roster to make some noise now uh or is it really up to mac jones to kind of have to uh you know Pull, uh, pull his stuff together and, and be better than he has been this than last season. I think it has to start with Bill Belichick to show what in the world this team's going to look like. And I think that he is playing his cards too close to his vest. We don't even know, technically speaking, if Mac Jones will be the QB starting week one. My money's on Billy Zappi. I don't know. Call me crazy. I just thought that last year, the games that I saw him play, he was pretty decent. And what needs to happen, it's pretty darn simple. Somebody needs to become a superstar in New England. They don't have superstars. They have a, a great chemistry. They have a great game plan week in and week out with Bill Belichick. That's for sure. But they need a superstar to rise. Now, two wide receivers were drafted on this roster. Kayshawn Booty, Demario Douglas. You could even throw in Ed Lee. I don't know if any one of these three receivers are at all going to be any good, but it'd be nice to see a guy like maybe Kayshawn Booty for, for whatever reason, he was rated the number one prospect in one of my magazines, fantasy magazines that I just love to read. And at the end of the day, this looks like a bust. And why did this guy pick? Why did, why did this prognosticator see something in Kayshawn Booty to put him number one? It's a mystery. I think he, it was a mistake, but he's got that wild card aspect that the New England Patriots desperately need. They need someone to rise to the top to fit whoever is going to be at QB, whether it be Mac Jones or Billy Zappi. But I have a feeling this year, Bill Belichick will figure it out. I think there's a lot of pressure on Juju Smith-Schuster. You know, you talked about Booty and uh, the addition of him. 
Juju Smith-Schuster, I guess you can say, is the most proven wide receiver of the guys they have. Um, and, you know, like they have kind of bounced around uh, from wide receiver to wide receiver just in terms of having that wide receiver one uh, lacking on their squad. I think, you know, it's going to be, I know it's going to be Juju's first year with them, uh, but I think that there there's high expectations for uh, for him and this offense and be able to connect with Mac Jones. Because, look, I mean, he, with, with Pittsburgh, uh, while, you know, it didn't necessarily work out there with his off-the-field issues, he showed he could be a great wide receiver in this league. I mean, I know you saw that, obviously, being a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. Uh, just to kind of a bit more of the maturity um, you know, maturity that he has to work on on his end. But I think he could be good, and I think that he's going to uh, attract a lot of attention on the defensive side of the football. So I think he's going to have to not only produce uh, for for the Patriots, but also you know demand demand that coverage and be able to to set other guys open because. Right now, this team is, like we talked about, needing of the spark, and that spark can hopefully be juju for the Patriots. So we can continue off that trend of the AFC East. Talked about it with the Dolphins, the Jets, the Bills, the Patriots there. Uh, obviously, a few of these rosters looking a little bit different. Um, you know, when these teams play each other, um, no matter who they're playing, no matter if it's Miami against Buffalo, Buffalo against, uh, you know, New England, you always seem to have great matchups. Uh, I just think there's something about this division that is this unique. And maybe that's because, you know, obviously the, the Dolphins that I follow are in, um, are in this, uh, in this division. And, you know, obviously I'll watch a little bit more, but I just can't help but feeling that over the next, like, little while few seasons maybe even this season that this may be uh the division that ultimately tops all the other division and we talk about divisions and power rankings of divisions and the afc west has always uh obviously been up there the nfc west as well with san fran um and uh and you know the the seattle who surprised last year and obviously the rams who won the super bowl just a few seasons ago uh do you think that it could be a possibility down that eventually this afc east may even overtake all the other divisions and could very well be the best division in football well it definitely will be one of them next year i don't know why i just think we're going to see a lot of fireworks it doesn't mean it's going to translate to a lot of victories but in terms of points i think we're going to see a ton of points coming out of that division except when you play those jets but everywhere else i think don't get me wrong a lot of people might be knocking the New England Patriots, but I do want to see Bailey Zappi go up and be the QB. Something tells me that this guy could be a gamer. I mean, could he be a better version than Garner Minshew? Guaranteed. And that's another quarterback that uh, guys guys that don't really get a chance. They get the odd chance for about six games, and then they have one bad game, and then they tend to get pulled and never um, given a second shot. Another one is um, Heineke. Heineke, those yeah. Q those three QBs. I would put Billy Zappi in that conversation. And I think Billy Zappi hasn't even got an opportunity, like a full season almost under his belt. And if you look at his statistics in college, this guy, all he does is throws and throws and throws. He like drops 50 a game. It's just insane. He could be a guy who could open up this offense in New England, not Mac Jones. I've seen Mac Jones, the spread offense with Mac Jones. Didn't like it. Give the ball to Billy Zappi against Miami. What Wouldn't that be amazing football to see like 40-40 New England, Miami overtime and somebody wins by a field goal? I think that would be a great football game. You know what? Don't count New England out this year because they will shock a lot of people and be able to put 40 points on the board on any given Sunday. Hey man, that would be that would definitely be something else. You know, we talked about guys that uh, may not be the biggest household names, like you said, Taylor Heineke, um, and we talked about Geno Smith and stuff like that. Do you think um, there will be another Geno Smith this year in the sense that, look, I got to give you credit, Dom, because we talked about Seattle last year. You would say Geno Smith, will, you were hoping he'd be the starter in the offseason. You had mentioned that he was. Uh, and he had a heck of a year for the Seattle Seahawks. Shocking many, obviously myself included. I didn't think he should be a starting quarterback. I was pushing for Drew Locke. It didn't end up happening. It was Geno Smith. He put up great numbers. Um and the, the Seahawks, at least in my opinion, uh, surpassed expectations and, you know, did a, did a fairly good job uh, at the uh, the season overall. Who do you think has a chance to be the next Geno Smith for this year? Or do you think we're going to see a Geno Smith this year? Kind of a quarterback that we don't think um, this is going to kind of break out, but may take a few people by surprise because we knew that Geno had been in the NFL. He put in a lot of work. And, look, every NFL player does that, right? So, for me, it was tough to see 
this this coming with Gino, and you know that he is he's very mentally strong and he believes in himself. Um, and I think that ultimately that's what led him to to kind of prevail and have a great season last year. I'll ask you, Dom, and then I'll, I'll give uh, give my answer. But who do you think has the best chance of being this year's Gino Smith? I don't see one this year. I, yeah. If I had to pick somebody, I would say Baker Mayfield. But unfortunately, I don't believe in Baker that much as much as other people might, even though that ESPN article, we spoke about it a few weeks ago, put him as the number one producing college football quarterback. And you know what? I would take someone else instead of Baker. I'm going to take someone that's young and that's just coming out of college and uh, doesn't fit the kind of like paradigm of Geno Smith. But Sam Howell out of Washington, Mm, I think that that guy, I think the team is built right now for anybody to take on the quarterback position and be Mm. successful. I do like McLaren. I do like Dotson. I love the running game with Brian Robinson and Gibson. All he needs to do is hopefully have a good offensive line to give him an opportunity to execute whatever offense Ron Rivera and Eric Bieniemy, who we all know is an amazing frigging offensive coordinator. He should be head coach. But hey, I imagine that him... And Sam Howell will put it together in Washington. No Geno Smith this year, but maybe a highly anticipated guy like Sam Howell's development will be put on full stage week one in the NFL this year. I love that pick. I've always liked Howell, the way he plays him coming out of North Carolina. Uh, he was really, really fun to watch in that offense. And it could potentially be uh, even more fun to watch in the NFL Washington player, Washington quarterback. I'm going to go with a former Washington commander, and I'm going to go with someone you just mentioned, Taylor Heineke. Um, That's kind of why I thought of the question, because instantly when I thought of Heineke, I could see him being this year's Geno Smith. If you look at the team around him, look, okay, you got Drake London, um, and you got, you know, uh, other, you know, wide receivers on the team that, you know, aren't necessarily guys that are going to, you know, turn heads around and, you know, be necessarily a great game breaker. But you got Drake London, you got Kyle Pitts. Um, and, you know, just that in itself may be enough to work with. So is it, we also have to determine who's going to be the starting quarterback of this team, right? I mean, there could be Desmond Ritter. Um, and, it, like, you know, uh, sources are saying that it may be him to start. But my guess is going to be that Taylor Heineke, if he doesn't start the season, that quarterback will eventually take over. And I think that he can be... Uh, a solid quarterback for this Atlanta Falcons team. This Falcons team is really not that bad. And I know that, you know, you, you would uh, agreed with me there. I, one of my, my takes early on, I think it was a few months ago that like this team almost ended up making the playoffs, right? You know, they have um, a fairly, I guess you can say established offense in terms of the way they like to run it. They like to run the football. Um, and, you know, now with the, uh, the addition in the draft um, of, of Robinson, I think that that makes this team, you know, even more special for these guys. And, just having that running back and being able to kind of rely on guys like Kyle Pitts and Drake London, I think takes a little bit of pressure off of uh, Taylor Heineke. And I love the way Heineke plays. I think he's an absolute dog. And I think he's a very tough player. You know, he's a guy that'll go in there and he'll take hit after hit after hit. He'll bounce back like nothing happened. And, you know, he's, he's kind of like, like a young kid that like falls down and then gets back up as if nothing happened, you know, and kind of shakes it off. And uh, I kind of, I, I love his like, his demeanor and the way he plays the game of football. So for me, um, I think that's why I kind of ultimately thought of the question because Taylor Heineke was the the guy I, I thought of that could, you know, be this year's Geno Smith. Obviously, he's going to have to eventually start to be that guy. He's not going to be able to come in and to, to back up Ritter and be able to, to have a year like Geno Smith did. But I think eventually if this guy gets the chance with the right rep, with the right weapons that he has uh, and hopefully getting a little bit more of Kyle Pitts this year, I could see him having a, a solid year and, and surprising some people down. Oh, for sure. I love that pick. Taylor Heineke. I think you're 100% right. Taylor Heineke will take over the QB position in Atlanta at some point next year. I just don't know when that will happen, whether it be because Desmond Ritter doesn't perform well or he gets injured. I just don't see Desmond Ritter on this team long term. Taylor Heineke, on the other hand, you described him very well. A really big battler who's going to show up on any given Sunday and win a football game. This guy could legitimately be an underdog this year. The only thing, the only question mark is at the wide receiver position. Drake London, kind of a play action receiver. Who's a slot receiver in Atlanta? Who's going to step up to be a good security blanket for Taylor Heineke? I don't see one. However, they do have two beasts in Cal Pitts and Bajon Robinson who eat receptions galore. So maybe that's the play in Atlanta. All I know is Arthur Smith really is a good football coach. And I think that the running game will succeed. I just wish we saw the ball in Bajon Robinson's hand. 
30 times a game, but we won't see yeah. it. And I, I don't know. I don't know how successful this Atlanta Falcons team will be if they don't do that. Yeah, I really think that, you know, since the the Falcons lost that Super Bowl, they just they obviously haven't been the same. And it's tough to, to bounce back from something like that. Um, you know, we talked about guys that we could see, like Taylor Heineke, have a, a year like Geno Smith. Um, you know, obviously with expectation comes a lot of pressure. Um, and I think there's a lot of pressure on certain players to perform. Um, and especially when we're getting into this season now, 2023, we've seen the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, almost become like that dynasty um, and you want to have teams try and overtake them. So guys come in and, you know, they it's like new, new faces and new places. Um, and there's a lot of pressure on these guys. Kind of like I talked to like Juju before. Um, and I think the quarterback, you talk about pressure, it really is the quarterback position. Um, for me, we talk about guys that are under the most pressure heading into the season. It's uh, I like kind of like this as uh, one of our storylines for today's show. I'll toss it over to you, Don, but um, I mentioned it before, and it's uh, it's got to be Russell Wilson, just because the addition of Sean Payton um, and, you know, what this team has around them. Look, I know we kind of differentiate on the wide receiver uh, group there and, you know, how successful they can be and will or will not be. But just looking at a player perspective and just him and forgetting about the offense or who's on him, who's backing him up, who's the coaches, you know, this team gave up. We talk about it a lot, but they gave up everything to get Russell Wilson, a Super Bowl winning QB, uh, a guy that showed that he is, can be in the MVP conversation. Um, and unfortunately for him, I believe after last season, is, is kind of his legacy took, took a massive hit, you know, because he was expected to go out, do these great things and battle for the division, um, not just make the playoffs, but battle the Kansas City Chiefs and potentially take over uh, and leapfrog Patty Mahomes. Obviously, he didn't do that. He was very far from doing so. So we talk about guys that are under pressure. If I had to pick one name for me, it's Russell Wilson. It's, it's a fairly obvious one. Russell Wilson was my pick last year, and definitely did he ever bomb. Hackett, <laughs> left, Hackett left Denver, and Sean Payton entered. So you know what? I can't say that Sean Payton will be a downgrade. So there could only be more positive things in Russell Wilson's direction. So for Denver, I don't expect much out of them this season other than building year one under Sean Payton. I think Russell Wilson will have some great games. I think sometimes Denver's going to lose some games. Are they a playoff bubble team? Of course they are because they got Russell Wilson and got Sean Payton. You can't count them out. They're definitely going to be around. But I honestly think at, at the end of the day, it's not going to be for, for Denver to take. I think that division's KC's division. And is there another quarterback out there facing that much pressure? Of course there is. There's like, if you look across the NFL, people got big contracts. I'm looking at Two quarterbacks right now in the NFC East, one of them being Jalen Hurts. A lot of people are going to think, oh, you know, this guy's going to be just fine. Sometimes you got a Super Bowl hangover, though. Sometimes that Super Bowl hangover comes and hits you hard, and that could hit hard Jalen Hurts. Another guy I see with the Giants, you know, this guy got paid. He got paid. Now he's going to have to produce. Is he going to be able to produce? And I'm looking at Daniel Jones, another guy. Yeah. Big darling now for the New York Giants. People are going to have high expectations. Sometimes it's hard to produce back-to-packs, you know, big season. And both those teams, I have big question marks. And that's why I like to see Washington, you know, with Sam Howell, probably will win some football games in that division. And same goes, obviously, as we know, the Dallas Cowboys. So yeah. I would expect the Cowboys to be in any of those games any week. And at the end of the day, I don't have the Giants winning the division. And I don't have the Eagles winning the division. Give me Dallas in that division. So wow. far, I like what they've been doing. And I think that Mike McCarthy is going to be a great coach to seal the deal this time, at least to the NFC Championship. That's my early favorite NFC darling is the Dallas Cowboys. Wow. I, it's, you know, that's uh, America's team, right? And a lot of the, the, the football world, uh, you know, revolves around the Dallas Cowboys and you know, I'll, I'll kind of jump off of that and talk about, you know, what we mentioned before is pressure. Dak is under a heck of a lot of pressure as well. I think so much so that if he doesn't get this team to the playoffs, I think the Cowboys need to move on from Dak Prescott. And, you know, and almost like if they make it to the playoffs and lose in the first round, or if they don't win the division, I, I see Dak being on a short leash this year. This year, I really do. Dallas has shown that they're capable of moving on from guys that they, they drafted. Um and that they believed in. Look, obviously he wasn't uh, a high uh, a high draft pick, Dak Prescott, but Ezekiel Elliott was, right? And Ezekiel Elliott is doesn't look like he's going to be a cowboy um, any longer. So, you know, 
Jerry Jones has shown that, you know, he is going to be able to make the moves, whether they are, uh, you know, whether they frowned upon, uh, whether people like it, like he's a bold, um, a bold person. He's not going to, you know, decide what uh what the franchise is going to do based off of fans reactions based off of what he thinks people are going to say he's going to do what he wants and it's really that simple so i can see you know especially with him leading the charge jerry jones if that again struggles this year and doesn't you know make a playoff run i can see them moving on and i know dallas impressed and they did beat the Tampa bay buccaneers last year in the um in the first round of the playoffs and a lot of people had tampa winning that game but that did not have a great year and you know I'm predicting this, and I'm also saying that if I was the GM for the Cowboys as well, I think I'd give Dak one last year. And if he's not able to make noise, I would move on from Dak Prescott and hopefully potentially either draft the quarterback, trade trade for someone. But uh, you can't, you know, you can't keep having the same roster and expect different results uh, if you're not going to go up and, for example, get a guy like D Hop. And if you do get a guy like D Hop and it still doesn't work out, I think that's more reason for them to move on from Dak. I think um, Dak has been, uh, while he's been, I guess I don't want to say shamed, but while he's taken a lot of, uh, he's taken a lot of criticism. Um, I still think that uh, I, I really f- feel like it's warranted because he has a great roster around him and now it's time for them to be Super Bowl contenders. But as, as long as he's the QB for the Cowboys, I'm not sure I see Dallas as, as contenders, Dominic. Yeah, a lot of people, even including myself, would have been agreeing with you last year. But however, when you add so much talent around a football team, something's got to give. And this will be the year that we will ultimately find out whether or not Dak Prescott will be a long-term member of the Dallas Cowboys because as we both agree... It's this year or goodbye for Dak Prescott. I think that the addition of Overshone on defense, this linebacker with Mika Parsons, this is going to be such a beautiful thing to watch. And I will see for sure a few interceptions by my guy, Stephon Gilmore, who I still think could play lights out football at any given Sunday in the NFL. Stephon Gilmore will be gobbling up some interceptions in Dallas this year. Mark my words. This defense is for real. Dak Prescott, all he needs to do is find your receivers, let them run their routes, and you got two beautiful prospects in Simi Fahuko and Jalen Tolbert, who I think will shock a lot of people this year as well. If anybody goes down at the right receiver position in Dallas, Dallas will be just fine, hence why I like Dallas to win the division. Okay, I like it. Good stuff there, Dominic. Uh, I had mentioned Diop potentially joining the Cowboys. There hasn't really been too, too much news um, on DeAndre Hopkins. Is that surprising to you at all? Or do you think that, you know, teams are going to kind of, um, you know, wait it out, see what happens? Maybe they're kind of negotiating. Uh, what do you make of the uh, the early signs that uh, Diop has? Well, I mean, I don't know if he's been sought after. I'm, I'm sure a lot of teams have called and talked to him. We haven't really had too much news about Diop. I thought we would have had a little bit more, um, you know, either rumors or, uh, you know, kind of teams linked with Diop, but we haven't. We've heard of potential fits from DeAndre Hopkins. And of course, you know, that's what journalists are going to do. They're going to talk about where he fits. But we haven't really heard a team linked to Diop. Like we've heard Dalvin Cook linked to the Dolphins. Diop, yeah, a few teams have been kind of named with him, but we haven't really seen a strong number one, I guess you can say, uh, favorite in order to, to land Diop. What are your thoughts on that? You think that, you know, it's going to come, come organically or do you think uh, eventually some teams are going to have to make a push because I, I don't see him being available for for that much longer honestly I think it's going to happen organically as you said it mm-hmm. most likely will be due to an injury I don't think D Hop at all is in under any pressure to sign with anybody until training camp starts as soon as training camp opens D Hop better be there day one with his new franchise because any day after that to me is a decline in performance because you need to be there learning the playbook learning what you need to do every sunday i don't care how good you are you got to be there so i expect that to be done by that point in time and you know a lot of people still have a lot of money a lot of money's there on the table a team like indianapolis could easily well be like hey you know let's bring in a superstar to help our young quarterback that could happen but at the end of the day i really do think that D Hop wants to play for a Super Bowl contender. Mm-hmm. He's there to win a Super Bowl. He probably maybe only wants to play three more years in the NFL, for all I know. And that being said, he's going to have to accept a lower end contract if he wants to play for the Buffalo Bills or the Kansas City Chiefs, because both those teams have no money left under the cap to sign this guy at the money he wants. So is D Hop there for the money? Is he there for the Super Bowl ring? We'll find out sometime before training camp. Yeah, I think it's it's probably 
Uh, I, I, you see, I can't see him playing for the money, especially this late in his career. I know obviously he's not old, but he hasn't played for great franchises, right? Let's call a spade a spade. And, you know, things haven't worked out for him. He's put up great statistical numbers and everybody knows how good he is, but he's never really been on that Super Bowl contender of a team. So, yeah, I think that if if I'm D-Hop, I'm going for, uh, and I think he will be going for the ring over the money. I just think that it, it just makes the most the most sense to me. I think that's ultimately where he's going to go. Uh, last week, we talked about... Um, potential NFC teams and the biggest threat to the Philadelphia Eagles in returning to the Super Bowl. Let's flip that coin and go with the AFC this year. Obviously, we talked about the AFC being much better than it has been in years past. And you can make the case that a ton of AFC teams are worthy of being in that Super Bowl contender. Um, right now, Kansas City has been on a roll. There's, there's, you know, there's no doubt about it. They, I, I really think that even now, they are a dynasty. Um, and I think that regardless of what happens this season or the next, they are proven to be, you know, one of, uh, you know, the, the greatest teams Teams over the in this five-year span potentially ever to play uh in the nfl who do you think poses the biggest threat to them not to win the super bowl but talking about to represent the afc in the super bowl do you think it's somebody in the division do you think it's a team we haven't talked about um there may be some obvious names obviously that's okay but uh, right now kansas city has shown they control the afc but if you have to pick one team dominic you can mention a few but ultimately i'm holding you to it you want, i want to hear one team one name of who you think uh, poses that biggest threat to the Kansas City Chiefs to uh, to repeat as AFC champions. Well, if you don't know by now, it's definitely the New York Jets. The New York Jets definitely, to me, is the team that poses the biggest threat. Why? Because it's simple. Experience at the quarterback position and a technician at the position like no other in Aaron Rodgers. All you need to do is have a way to run the right routes and get yourself open, and Aaron Rodgers will find you on any given throw. He still has it. He's only 39 years old, and he has one of the best wide receivers that is upcoming in Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson should torch a lot of people this year. If you want to take an amazing wide receiver in fantasy, grab yourself some Garrett Wilson. He will be a star. And if you like a running back, Brees Hall is another star. He got his season cut short last year. I yeah. think that last year was unfortunate for him, but we all saw what he could do catching the ball in the backfield, another huge weapon. And when you can lean on that defense, who I think is probably going to be top three defense in the NFL, you got to love the New York Jets with their captain, C.J. Mosley. Some people might not be big on Mosley. I still think he's got a lot of gas left in the tank. And when he's got a guy on the perimeter in Sauce Gardner to shut it down on any play, the number one wide receiver getting shadowed, like there's no tomorrow. Listen, the Jets are for real. Their coach is for real. This guy plays with intensity, coaches with intensity. Robert Saleh, I love the Jets. And I think that Kansas City might start off very slow this year. We do know Pat Mahomes is coming off a very difficult ankle injury. Pat Mahomes is a great football player. He knows he's circling those New York Jets. And he knows when he plays them, there will be a big fight in front of him. Oh, well, you, you, all you got to do is look at the Jets and how many primetime games they have this year. And uh, that's uh, what uh, Ozmakers think of the New York Jets. They are high on the Jets, and I know you are too. I was debating between three teams, and ultimately, I'm going to... No, it, no, I'm not doing it. I was going to go with the easy answer. I'm not doing it. We don't do things easy. We take, we, We're bolt here on uh, the power hour. Give me my Miami Dolphins. Look, I'm biased. I definitely won't deny that. But I think the addition of Jalen Ramsey to Miami uh, is going to make this defense just that much better. I think that Tua's health is obviously the most important in this team's success. Um, and hopefully he stays healthy. God forbid he gets injured again or he you know, faces another horrific injury that he did last season. But let's just say, for argument's sake, he stays healthy. He plays most of the games. Um, when he was healthy, he showed he could be that dog that the team wanted, the team drafted coming out of Alabama. You got Tyreek Hill. You got Jalen Waddle. You got a ton of speed. You got Robbie Robbie Chosen now. You got Acne, who you added uh, in uh, out of the draft. You got a fast running back. This team may, may get Dalvin Cook. My guess is, and from what I read, they will be able to get Dalvin Cook. You add him there. Um, and yes, like I talked about, the Jalen Ramsey edition. This is a guy that um, may be past his prime, but still talks his talk. Still walks his walk, uh, and pairing him alongside Davian Howard will make it difficult for any quarterback to try and find their receivers. Like obviously, there's the Cincinnati Bengals, there's the Buffalo Bills, those there's uh, those top juggernauts that could 
uh, you know, kind of dethrone the Kansas City Chiefs. But I think for Miami, look, it's uh, this team has been, you know, talked about coming on their eyes the last few seasons. Uh, and why not this year for them? You know, why not this year? I know the division has gotten better. Uh, it's going to be more competitive. But, uh, you know, this team showed they can beat some top top dogs and they beat the Buffalo Bills last season in their first game and almost upset them in the playoffs with a crazy game where Scarlett Thompson was quarterback for Miami. So, you know, they sh- and that game was in Buffalo. So, look, I mean, uh, this Dolphins team, as much as I'm a fan and, uh, and of course, I have my, my biases, I, I think that this is the most exciting team uh, of, uh, of the Miami Dolphins I started watching. And I think that ultimately it's very simple. It comes down to Tua. And, you know, while he may get injured during the season, I think he plays most of the games. And if not, you got a solid backup in, in Mike White. And, uh, you know, you got uh, Tyreek Hill, the former Kansas City Chief. And every time he plays them, you know, you're going to get your best game out of Tyreek Hill. So for me, I'm going to go with the Dolphins. And, uh, you know, it's kind of wishful thinking. And uh, hopefully these uh, the good words I, I put into them uh, kind of uh, <laughs> turn into fruition. I'll allow this team to... Uh, to, to kind of bounce uh, bounce back after a tough postseason loss last year because they have a difficult schedule this year. It's the second hardest based on last season's win uh, win totals from the teams. But I think they're going to be able to to fight through that. They'll be able to come out of uh, the wild card spot. And, you know, they've shown they can win games on the road too and, you know, win games where they quote-unquote shouldn't. It's like Baltimore's game last year for me. That was uh, that was the turning point to his career, that comeback there and against a good team like the Ravens. So uh, I think Miami has a great shot. Realistically, uh, even taking away the fact that I'm a fan, I think they realistically have a shot to, to make it to the Super Bowl. It's going to come down to uh, top players and their health. But, you know, when you got a guy like Tyreek Hill it's uh it's it's hard to uh to um think that this team is not a Super Bowl contender with with a guy like him 100 you know you, you get the practice against Jalen Ramsey I mean Jalen Ramsey on a practicing with Tyreek Hill that's going to be outstanding for both of these players development I expect huge from Tyreek Hill and I expect huge from our friend Ramsey that being said Where's the weakness in Miami? Miami's weakness is at the linebacker position, whether or not they can stop the run. Because, you know, as good as your offense might be, if they're not on the field to produce because the other team's running you over, that's how you win a football game sometimes. I honestly think that you'll be just fine in your division, except when you play the New York Jets. I think the New England Patriots, you know, they got Ramondre Stevenson. You've already handled Ramondre, so you know what he brings to the table. Same thing with Damian Harris in Buffalo, ex-New England Patriot running back. You'll have no problems there. You know what to expect. But with Brees Hall, you know, you got this guy. He got injured last year, and he was a very high draft pick. That's going to be the million-dollar question for those Miami Dolphins. When they play the Jets, it's going to be a doozy. It's going to be defense football. How many points is Miami going to be able to score against the Jets? And the Jets, unfortunately, I think will win most of their games against Miami, if not both, because of the fact that they got Brees Hall at the running back position. So Miami, they could be knocking for a wild card spot. They might very well make the playoffs. I just don't know if they're going to win the division. It's all on Tua. What will Tua do for the Miami Dolphins? If he did what he did early last year, the sky's the limit for the Miami Dolphins. Totally, Dom. It really is. And I I just love like this this AFC and how jam-packed it is. Like just look at like you got Kansas City, right? You got Cincinnati, you got the Jets, you got the Bills, you got the Dolphins too. I haven't even mentioned like the Ravens. What are you like? I I just for me the Ravens are kind of all over the place and you know there's been off-season rumors about this, off-season rumors about that, and they end up keeping Lamar, which is great. They they add OBG, which also is awesome. Where does like Baltimore fit in your power rankings uh, in the AFC? If you are they a top three team, they a top five? Have they fallen a little bit uh, because of the? I guess you can see the dramatics of the offseason between Lamar and the the Baltimore Ravens. Like ultimately, they got it done. Lamar is going to be staying with the Ravens. We're, I'm curious to see where the where the Ravens rank in your power rankings uh, of the of the AFC teams or in the NFL in general, whichever uh, whichever way you want to go. It's kind of inconclusive right now. I don't think yeah. the Ravens are done adding at the position. One big player I want to see back on this football team, even though some might argue he cost them their last game, is Marcus Peters. They might get Marcus Peters back on this team at the cheap, but he's currently not on this football roster. But I do think that they'll find a way to sign him. No one wants to take a chance on Peters. He's a, he's a ball of, you know, of, of energy. And then when you have a ball of energy like that, anything can happen. And uh, sometimes you get a lot of penalties and it costs you football games. So that's what happened to Marcus Peters last year. I uh, I still think he's in a marvelous DB and I would take him on my team on any given Sunday. But last year, it's a no-no. So he's going to unfortunately probably lose a bit 
of uh, of money because of it. But I still think that he signs in Baltimore. If he does, that defense gets that much stronger offensively. Do they bring in Hopkins? I wouldn't touch this team anymore. I think that just another big defensive DB is what they're lacking. And then it's going to be whether or not this new offensive coordinator, Todd Munkin, is going to be able to put something that nobody's seen, which is a passing game in Baltimore through Lamar Jackson. I don't know if that's going to work. I just don't know. But if they get good old Marcus Peters, that defense will be just as strong as they were last year. And when you got a strong defense, you got a chance on any given Sunday. 100%. And I think a lot of this team's success relies on J.K. Dobbins. And unfortunately, he just hasn't been able to stay healthy. But when he's played, this guy's a bowling ball, right? He's going to get the ball. He's going to roll you over. His thighs are, you know, the size of, of a fridge. Um, and he's a really fun player and a mean player. Uh, and a guy that I feel fits this Baltimore Ravens team to a T. Kind of reminds me of the kind of the old players they had. I know Steve Smith was a wide receiver. But just kind of that same mindset uh, that he kind of had in that, you know, it's uh, it's – no fooling around, no games, uh, no more, no time to, to fool around. I'm going to get the ball and I'm going to make you pay that you're trying to tackle me. I think that a lot of the team success will uh, ride on him coming back. Um, so I think Baltimore is one of the contenders. And I think a team that is fl- like kind of, I guess you can say, fading away and, you know, has has lost a grip and is slipping away from this AFC and the contention there is the Tennessee Titans. And, you know, a lot of this has to do with their quarterback situation. Like, I feel if we talk about one team in the NFL, we haven't heard a word about this offseason, it's Tennessee. I can't remember the last time I heard a thing about the Titans. Yes, there was the rumors about, you know, Adair Kennedy potentially leaving, yada, yada, yada. I'm not sure it's going to happen anymore. It looks like he's going to be staying put. But, t- like... Tennessee, that seems to be like very quiet there. They're flying under the radar. I don't know what Vrabel has in store for this team, but like Tennessee doesn't seem right now to be the juggernaut of the team they used to be because the question marks to the quarterback position, the question marks to the running back position now with Derrick Henry. And like, I'm not sure I know enough about this team. I know that sounds weird, but like, who are the Tennessee Titans? Tom, if I ask you, who are the Tennessee Titans? What would you say? Nothing's changed, William. The Tennessee Titans are a running football team led by Derrick Henry. Mm. And obviously, Brian Tannehill is their quarterback. This will not change until Derrick Henry is no longer a Tennessee Titan. It's that simple. That's how they're built for. I think that, quite frankly, he's got a lot of gas left in the tank. Derrick Henry is a Hall of Famer. Bank on it. It's going to come down to whether or not this offensive line is able to withstand physicality it takes to play the line position for an entire season they drafted peter skoronsky now this guy was highly recruited and a lot of people think he is going to be a gem the only thing is got short arms it's the short arms sometimes doesn't work with all the schemes but i do believe in mike Vrabel's scheme so why wouldn't work it in tennessee i expect tennessee to win the division i said it before i still believe in derrick henry this team is going to be about whether or not ryan Tannehill develops a bigger connection with trillon perks all i've been hearing in the offseason is that one two combo is blossoming so expect tennessee to be just fine with god knows what kind of offense we're going to see but it's going to be definitely a heavy dose of Derrick Henry. Yeah, Derrick Henry, that's for sure. And I think that, you know, this team is not the same without him. Look at like other teams in the division. You got Houston, Jacksonville, Indianapolis. A lot of people are high on the Jacksonville Jaguars and, you know, the the strides Trevor Lawrence has taken, uh, you know, just this past season because, you know, he was that number one overall pick and he was the, the you know, the greatest things in sliced bread and everyone was kind of jumping on his bandwagon and obviously you know struggled a little bit early in his career but he has made a ton of progress um and you know you can kind of feel the sense of hope in this jacksonville jaguars team starting with him starting with coach coaching over there and starting with the the wide receivers that they were able to to bring in so for me like like if if I'm taking talking about a favorite in the AFC South, I know you said Tennessee. For me, I may even have Tennessee at three. I think I got Jacksonville at one. I got Indianapolis at two. I know it's there. You know, the young quarterback there, and I'm not sure how they're going to figure it out there. Uh, and Tennessee at three, and Houston at four. Um, you know, is is there any way you can see Dom? You know, AFC South over the last few seasons has been one of the quote unquote weaker div- divisions in football. Do you think there's a chance that any of these teams kind of can you know break that more than potentially upset a few teams? Like, uh, can any of these teams in the playoffs upset a team like Buffalo or Cincinnati per se? A hundred percent. I can't wait to see really 
I can't wait to see Anthony Richardson and the Indianapolis Colts. You know, it's a big, big if, right? What if Anthony yeah. Richardson became a superstar overnight in this first year in the NFL because of the style that he plays? I think we're in for some fireworks, and the team is designed perfectly for him. So he will deliver, at least in my mind, you know, he'll be 50-50. Sometimes he'll win, sometimes he'll lose. But when he wins, it's going to be a beautiful thing to watch for a rookie to come in in the NFL and produce right away. I've got big, big, big hopes for those Colts. But I still think, man, I still think it's going to be a dogfight. And give me Tennessee. When it's a dogfight, you got to go with the best coach. And right now, Mike Vrabel is the best coach in that division. Even though he doesn't have a Super Bowl head coaching ring like Doug Peterson, I'm still taking Mike Vrabel. You've always liked Mike Vrabel. They always had a lot of respect for him. 100%. With the Patriots, all that experience you built in a dynasty, Mike Vrabel was part of that. He might not have a head coach Super Bowl ring, but I guarantee you he definitely has the experience and the other rings to back it up. Uh, one that's a, that's a good take there, Dom. I guess quickly with a few minutes left, we talked a little bit off air of the additions from the Buffalo Bills. Uh, they signed Leonard Floyd, the former uh, Los Angeles Ram, to a one-year deal. Uh, I actually like this move for them. And then uh, again on the defensive end, they get uh, Oliver, Oliver excuse me, agrees to a four-year $68 million contract. I think this is two great moves by the Buffalo Bills. You know, we talk about their offense, 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 Stephon Diggs, Josh Allen, Gabriel Davis, and you know everything that the, this team brings on, on that side of the football. And obviously... Uh, uh, it's it's granted because they're one of the best offensive teams in the NFL. But defensively, you know these guys have been more solid than people realize. And I think getting Oliver uh, in, you know, re uh, resigning him is great. And I think uh, Leonard Floyd too. I've always liked Floyd, a long guy that could tip balls and that you know is a, is a great tackler. And I feel like a guy you can kind of move anywhere. Just very athletic for his position is Floyd. Uh, so yeah, I like what the the Buffalo's, uh, Buffalo Bills did just uh, just a few days ago actually in bettering their defense. Yeah, Buffalo. You know they know they lost. Edmonds at the linebacker position, you got to yeah. replace him. Kind of like a hybrid player that can play multiple positions in the NFL. Veteran guy, definitely a great pickup. I just don't know whether or not this defense is going to be as good as they were last year. Matt Milano, this guy's the heart and soul of this defense. He plays lights out. Von Miller, is he going to be healthy this year? Coming off a big injury. Ed Oliver, another guy. When he's on, Ed Oliver's on. Why did you think he got paid? He is a beast. However, when he's hurt, he ain't good for nobody. So let's hope that he stays healthy. The Buffalo Bills season will depend on whether or not the, the defense actually supports the new style of offense that Buffalo is supposed to be putting on the field. I don't know how many games we're going to see it with it before they say, Josh, you know, we need the old Josh. I think we're going to see that probably halfway through the season. They're going to try to do what they're supposed to do, which is have a heavy dose of the running game. I just don't think that offensive line currently is built for the running game. So they're not ready, Buffalo. Unfortunately, they're trying to go in another direction. They're just not ready. And that's why they will be a bubble team to make the playoffs next year. If the Buffalo Bills become a, a running football team, that would uh, definitely throw some people uh, off guard there because, uh, you know, talk about a team that loves to throw the football. They're very similar to those Kansas City Chiefs in that regard. But I think what the cool thing is this offseason, we've seen teams, some say the same, some make minor tweaks, and that that uh, should make for a great, great uh, slot of football this season in the NFL. I'm excited for the season to start. We're already in June, a few more months away from preseason. Uh, playing Madden just doesn't cut it right now. I can't wait for the preseason to start. It is just around the corner, so I can't wait for that all right folks thank you for tuning in that is it for this week's episode uh like we always say without you guys there is no show uh, enjoy your summer and uh we'll be back same place same time next week go heat go let's go win that chip all right folks thank you for tuning in you were listening to cjlo 16 9 a.m in montreal